You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 107. Are you still juggling your small business tasks and all of your social media accounts? If you've been searching for a solution but are unsure where to turn, today's interview is full of answers. I'm sure this conversation will leave you inspired. Hi, Tamei. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super excited to get your take on social media. But first, can you give me a little bit about your background and how that led you to W2S marketing? Oh my goodness, totally. All right, so I am an elder millennial. And so when I got out of school the first time in 08, or the second time actually, it was, you know, the crash of 08. And it was the wonderful financial situation to be in for the world. And so I was doing a lot of things and my mom suggested that I start a business. And I thought that that was the worst idea ever. (laughs) And I thought it was really bad because I thought I didn't have the MBA. I haven't been in corporate, like all these things that I didn't have. So I sat on the idea for about six months. And then, you know, I said, I'll give it a go. If it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. So that was 11 years ago now. And so I've been in business since then. Wow. And how did that um, lead you into marketing? I've always loved marketing. I thought it's always been really interesting that I could use some words, use some pictures and convey an idea. I am an English major, so I've always loved the written word. And so that's how I I arrived at marketing. I just thought it was just really cool that I could take a picture, take it, have some compelling copy, and people would want to take action or do something different. Yes. Well, I'm a sucker for a good quiz. And oddly enough, I think I was pegged correctly on your site when I took the quiz. (laughs) It said, I see social media as the necessary evil. And (laughs) as much as I've always tried to go with the flow and embrace it, I find myself creating and doing the things that I need to do for my business. And then the marketing part is always the the aspect that seems to just kind of linger in the background. Like, I know I need to do it, but I need to make pieces. I need to sell product. And so- I was just curious, would you say that that's a common response that people end up with that um, assessment? Yes. So especially now, I think people are doubly tired. But yeah, a lot of people know that it's important. It, It makes your business grow. And yet they are just tired of always having to create content, always having figuring out what to say, always being, you know, just producing something in addition to running their business and all the other stuff, the client deliverables they have. So yeah, people definitely feel exhausted and know it's it's a necessary evil for them. Yes. It does seem like some people are better suited for social media than others. Like some people tend to naturally be more, maybe they like to share a little bit more about their life, their day. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like that's the whole um, idea is that it's not so business driven, but more or less you're sharing about who the person is behind the business. But yes. yeah, what tips do you have for somebody trying to you know, get past that. So I, what I always say is think about the person that you're serving. So whether, whatever, for the reason that you got a business, you got a business for a reason. And definitely one of them was to make money, but there's also maybe a legacy you want to give off, or there was a solution 
that you didn't see in the world. You wanted to make sure that that solution was there. So that is the reason why you should get on social media and share with people is because you want to make sure that your business lasts or that people know that there's a solution to their problem. And just think about that because I totally get it. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to be on Facebook. or What do I say on Twitter? Oh oh my goodness, this picture is not good enough for Instagram. There's all these internal thoughts that could happen. But at the end of the day, what's really important is that the reason why you started the business, that that reason gets out there so people can um, take advantage and have a solution in their life. Yeah, for sure. There is definitely a lot of, especially service providers that went into it for a specific reason. And I like the idea of focusing on the solution because then it becomes less about you and more about what you're offering to the world. Exactly. It seems like there's a few ways of earning money on social media. And I think the one that I'm most familiar with or that I see most often is by sharing products and links and maybe collecting affiliate income. Yeah. And and maybe these people also receive products. And then the second seems to be the person that has a business and is promoting their product or services. When it comes to those two, which seems to come first, having the following and becoming an influencer or sharing your style and products until it becomes a page to follow? So... <sighs> It depends, right? Because it depends on why you first start. Some people start first start something just because they have an interest in art deco architecture and they just want to take pictures of it. And then they're like, oh, wow, I'm an influencer. Didn't know that was going to happen. They just share the things that they love. But if you know that you want to make a business out of it and you know that you want to be an influencer where people you know, buy through your affiliate links or pay to have you promote products, then I would say is deep dive into the community that you want to be an influencer of. So yes, set up your Instagram and set up your Twitter and all of that great stuff, but also heavily participate in the areas and the Facebook groups that they're on, on the conferences that they go to, heavily participate in that, immerse yourself in it and draw those people from those different points on the internet, different groups on the internet, and pull them back to you. Okay. So in essence, it's the engagement part that's going to create that following. Yep, exactly. Okay. Can you tell me about the services that you offer? Yeah. So just like you said earlier, it's like, I know it's a necessary evil. I just don't want to do it. So that is that is a service that I offer for those people out there who are like, I know I should do it. I know I should do it. I just don't have the time. Or, ugh. I don't want to think of more content. I've got other things to do. Then that's the biggest service that I offer is I manage social media for people so they can focus on their business. And then I also offer strategies and accountability. Some people just need that little extra nudge to make sure that they're consistent on social media. So I help you with that accountability to make sure that you're consistently creating content while also doing the millions of other things you got to do when you're running your business. Okay. I did notice that you were suggesting Suggesting you know certain platforms to help with that. I've never heard of Feedly. Is that something that's similar to like where you go ahead and pre-plan your posts? No. So Feedly is a really great service, and it's an answer to what do I post? I don't know what to say. Mm. So Feedly is an aggregator. So if you know that, for example. Um, the content that does well with my audience uh, is like entrepreneur.com. Articles on that people really like and respond to. So Feedly, I will put that in that 
And that dashboard, to basically create a content dashboard. So when I'm looking for something to share or something to talk about, I can go to one place and see all these different articles, see what everybody's talking about, and then create my content based on that. So it's just a way for you, uh, the business owner, to create content with a little bit more ease. Okay. Oh, that that sounds like it would be helpful for those days where you're stuck. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It is perfect for those days. Can you tell me what it looks like when somebody hires you? Like, what's the process? What does that look like? Yeah, I think the so the process that I use is I try to make it as frictionless and as simple as possible. So typically, I have a call and I just want to make sure that we're a good fit or that what you need to have happen in your business, the results and the goals that you have can actually be accomplished by social media. So we have a call just to make sure of all of that. And then from there, I create a custom proposal and then we start work. So we have an onboarding call. I create a, a, I think it's at this point, I think it's a 40 page strategy document. So I create a 40 page strategy document and it really just details and outlines based on the goals that you have in your business for this quarter, for the year, what actions on social media will be taken? What does that look like? What will be shared? What type of content will be created? All of that. So I create that document and then start posting according to that document, just to make sure that again, I create the strategy first to make sure that your goals are met in social media. Okay. So in you know regards to creating all of these goals, is this more or less for somebody that is just getting started or can you take an existing account? And I guess what I really want to know too is there are so many people that started their Instagram pages mm-hmm. way before anyone was curating them. Right, so, exactly. So all of a sudden, you know, it happened to me. I looked at other accounts after not being on for a while and I thought, oh, wow, I missed the boat. I don't know what's going on here because <laughs> everyone's page is like so beautifully designed. And so is that part of it or do you think that we put too much stock in having that perfectly curated look? I think the perfectly curated look is important if your brand is um, all about being immaculate or being very curated. If that's part of your brand, then having that type of curated feed absolutely goes hand in hand. But I think, for example, if you're trying to be an influencer in the mother space, I think that the highly stylized, highly curated pictures is not as welcoming or endearing to people because they're like, well, I can't mom like that. My momming is messy. And Mm so, but so in that type of instance, I think a page that is actually more reflective of reality will be more appreciated by the audience. So it really just depends on what the audience expects to see from your brand, whether you go with a curated, highly stylized page or something more accessible. Okay. Well, I feel like that's part of the problem is when we don't know what to do, we tend to try and mimic what seems to be working for other people. But I like that you're pointing out that maybe it's off-brand to be perfectly curated if if maybe you are trying to be a little bit more real about the, the things that go on in the background. Right. What is the general breakdown in cost and how would you compare that with the amount of money that a business owner would be saving if they were weren't spending as much time trying to do all their social media engagement? <laughs> so this is a perfect question. So it's not only the cost that, they're, that, they, that they could potentially save by not doing it themselves, but it's also the time mm-hmm. and the efficiency. So there is the type of like what it takes 
for you to sit down, think of something, create the graphic, post it or schedule it, and then come back later and check on any comments, answer any questions that people have. So just to do that day in, day out for one platform can be a lot, let alone Twitter and Instagram, because you got to write different captions because you can have longer captions in Instagram than you can in Twitter. And so there's all these things to consider as far as your time goes. And then also there is the, if you don't have time to even consistently create content, how do you have time to look at the results and see what needs to be changed based on what's working or what's not working? So like, oh, great, this posted really, really well. It sold things. People click the link. Let's create more of that. But if you're not doing that every month, if you're not looking at the effectiveness of what was out there, then you can't measure and adjust your strategy to really hold it in and make it um, that money-making machine for your business that it can be. So that really is the opportunity and the cost if you don't. What would you say like when you're, for example, you just mentioned that people maybe click on a specific post and they buy. Is that something that's being captured through Instagram or is that something that I would have to look at my website and say, oh, this person came from Instagram and purchased? ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers for a reason. With ShipStation, you can print all of your labels from one place. If you're like me, you're probably selling on more than one platform. ShipStation seamlessly integrates all of your sales into one place, so all you need to do is print your labels. Get a 30-day free trial when you click on the link in the show notes. ShipStation. Make ship happen. So both. Instagram will tell you, hey, this is how many people clicked on the link in your bio. So you'll have an idea of how many clicks it's getting per week, per month. And then on your website, you'll get the other half of the story. So for example, Google Analytics, which is free, um, you can install it on your website and it'll tell you what the traffic from these platforms does. So for example, you'll be able to learn that the traffic from Instagram loves to go shopping on your website, but the traffic from Facebook loves to read the blog post. And so when you know that kind of information, then you can start crafting a custom strategy for each platform to really increase its effectiveness. Okay. Well, it seems like there's so much involved <laughs> and it, it gets it gets overwhelming when you start to think like, oh, I've got a handle on things. I'm posting regularly or I'm engaging every so often or whatever. But then you go into the numbers and the algorithm and all of the background stuff. Right. And it almost feels overwhelming to think that you would take this all on by yourself. Like, I wonder how everybody else is doing it because it seems nearly impossible to check every little box, all the things that you're mentioning right now. Right. And you know, the thing is, is it is, it absolutely is. And I call it, I call it messy perfection. Mm -hmm. Do what you can with what you have and take action. It is absolutely impossible to check all the boxes, but that's not the important part. The important part is to take action and refine the action based on the capacity that you have. So you might, if you're not outsourcing it, you might only have the capacity to deal with just one platform. You're like, I can focus on Instagram and be consistent on Instagram and that's it. Well, then great. Do that. Focus on what you can and stay consistent. I'd rather somebody pick one than pick three and be inconsistent on all three. Right. Okay. Yes. And then, you know, there's that whole thing with a new platform is out, you know, when TikTok came out, I thought, oh, this is interesting. You know, <laughs> right. I didn't know if I, if I wanted to hop on and try and figure it out. And somehow it snuck up on me and Clubhouse is here. And so it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to try to be everywhere if you're not doing any one of them well. Exactly. Well put. Yep. That's exactly yeah. it. 
So how do you recommend someone transition from being like a seldom poster to hiring a service like yours? Is there a certain amount of content that you would need from the person that hired you? Like, what do we have to bring to the table if we're hiring you? I think the the thing to bring above all above all else is a real clarity on who you're working with. Who are you trying to attract? What is your target audience? Because that's going to inform the type of content that's created, the type of copy that is used, all the creative will be informed by making sure that it serves that audience. So knowing who your audience is, knowing who you really want to work with, that is the biggest thing that will uh, be helpful. And then if you have, you know, extra cherry on top, um, having images, if you have a product is always a wonderful, wonderful thing. But there are other ways I've worked with businesses who didn't necessarily have images of their product or the images of their product were um, not as high quality as they wanted. And so we went other routes, we created other ways to really share about the business without necessarily always posting pictures of the product. Okay. I have seen several people mention that it's important to show your face and to Mm -hmm. kind of explain who you are so that your customers are making a connection with you. What recommendations do you have for, say, a photo shoot? Does it seem feasible to just do one a year or to try and just capture a couple of pictures that are more on the professional level as opposed to just doing selfies? Or do you have any tips on that? Yeah, I think once a year is um, absolutely perfect. And you can splice that in with user-generated content. So let's say if you have a restaurant, when people love to post pictures of their food, so you can use that content. You can incentivize people to post pictures like, hey, use the hashtag and once a month we'll select somebody to get a free dessert. So that's a great way for a restaurant to have encourage people to take pictures. But yeah, there's always... Like I said, it's a cherry on top. If you do have professional pictures taken, you do that photo shoot. That is awesome, perfect, and great. Mm-hmm. And if you don't always have access to that, and one cute thing that I just read about that somebody does, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's perfect, is if they have a product, they're a product-based business. And so they go to Ikea and then they take pictures at Ikea for the lifestyle pictures for their products. So they'll, you know, Ikea has really wonderful showrooms. So they'll just put yes. their picture in and they'll whip out their phone and they'll take pictures there. So when you, when you're like, oh, I can't afford professional. Okay. Well, think about the local air, you know, the Ikeas in your area or the Rosses or those places that have staged rooms where you can pop in your uh, product, your product and take pictures that way. Brilliant. And I bet the lighting is amazing in those. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The lighting is great because they want to make sure people, you know, see whatever they're trying to sell. So you get great lighting, you get interesting props and Mm -hmm. um, you can do it all for free. So what advice would you have for somebody that is just looking to get started? Say they're not quite ready yet to hire you. Like what steps should they take before they launch into having somebody manage their market? So they should know, one, who is their ideal client? Who do they want to focus on? Who do they want to work with? Two, what are their goals? And make sure that the goals are quantifiable. So not just I want to grow my newsletter list or I want to you know, increase uh, my sales. It's how much do you want to grow your newsletter list by? 15%, 10%, 12%. How much do you want to increase your sales by? I want to increase my sales 5% every month. I want to double my sales, whatever it is. But adding that quantifiable goal makes it easy to see that when you give a task 
to somebody else, do you, you delegate something that you can say, is this working or not? Since I've started working with them and we talked about my goals, they said they could meet them. Am I closer to my goals? Is it working? Is it not? And if it's not, what do, what, what do we need to change? And if it is, okay, great. Having all of that information predefined before a meeting is so important. But again, I don't know if part of the struggle is that people don't know exactly where they want to be on social media because I've had friends who are product-based businesses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now they're doing the whole, I think it's called like it, where you click and purchase from their links or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they're moving away from selling products and then trying to become more of an influencer or whatever. So that's kind of the the difficult part is I think when you show up and you don't know exactly who you want to be on social media. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. Because um, if you don't know, then I don't know. Right. And for people <laughs> for people who are trying to be influencers, what I think is very important is that they look at how engaged is their audience? How do they do they comment? Do they like? Because the, the engagement level of the audience will determine the things that you can do or can't do. If your audience is super engaged, you can create products because your audience is like, I love what you do. So you can create. So there's a lot of ways that you can go. But the most important thing is really cultivating that engagement from the audience and having them feel like they're heard and having them feel like they're seen by you. Mm -hmm. And is there any type of recommendation in terms of how often you should be posting or you should be, you know, posting in reels or IGTV? So it changes based on not only the platform, but the industry. So for example, on LinkedIn, there's no reason to post um, every day, three times a day. That's that's not what you do on LinkedIn. If you post three times a week, you'll be a great. But for Twitter, you should definitely post multiple times a day, every day. And it's just because of how fast that um, network lives and moves on. So there's no hard and fast rules, um, but I would suggest starting off posting once a day and see where you can stay consistent. Like if you can stay consistent, if you post once a day, great. If you can stay consistent, you're posting twice a day on, for example, Instagram. Also, but you've got to make sure that you're always being consistent. So if you have to post less, but you're staying consistent, I would still prize it over posting, you know, 10 days in a row and then not posting anything for two months and then 10 mm-hmm. days in a row and then nothing for two months. That, that doesn't do anything for you. Okay. So consistency seems to be like the best route. Yeah. If you, yeah, I love that. Is there anything that you would like to add that I forgot to ask? Yeah, I like I said earlier, messy perfection is the key. If you are stopped, if you're stymied, if you don't know what the next step to take is, then I would suggest literally posting. There is something called Answer Socrates, answersocrates.com or answerthepublic.com. They're both free. Go to those websites, type in the keyword for your industry, for your business, and see what people are searching. See what questions people have about your business, about your service, about your product, and then create content based on that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like the hardest part for me has always been that with my jewelry business, it's very seasonal. So it seems like they're only in the market during a certain time of the year. And then Mm -hmm. also, it's very niche. I mostly create first communion jewelry. So that's, Uh, yeah, that's awesome to be able to go to a place and find those resources. But, you know, when you do get stuck, I think that's the 
the trouble is, geez, well, where, where do you find your community when your community only seems to exist for one year? And right, then all, right. also for a certain time of the year. And, you know, it's, I'm so happy you brought that up because I think where that, where that goes to when you have a very seasonal type community is I always then look at partnerships that could be year round that people can help to send you business. So let's just take you, for example, it's first communion. Like you said, it only happens once and there's no do-overs. So, (laughs) so like, like I would like, look, I'm like, okay, who in the industry, where are these people go? Oh, well, they need a dress or they need their clothes. Okay. Who, who sells these clothes? Can I partner with them? Can we make a bundle? They get everything at once. What does that look like? So just that's for seasonal expanding who my referrers are because you're right. That's it's very niche. It's very particular. Well, do you help in making those connections? If somebody comes to you in a similar issue where maybe they need to grow their their partnerships, is that something that you identify and then you help to foster, or is that something that the business owner should be doing? Not formally. If I'm working with somebody, I will always be like, well, let me check my network. Let me see if I can find somebody. So it's not mm-hmm. something I formally do, but it is something that I support business owners that I work with in. Okay. Yeah. So it, you help in identifying at least the right people to target. Exactly. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Tamay. Where can we connect with you? Yeah, I'm always on Instagram, W2S Marketing on Instagram. So I share about marketing and lots of things and being an entrepreneur and all of that good stuff. So there is that, or you can find me on LinkedIn at Tamay Shannon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was very fun to speak with you. And I love all the tips that you gave that are super practical. And I really think it helps people to know that your services are out there so that they don't have to struggle with doing everything. Right, exactly. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another incredible CEO paving the way to more free time with her services. I love that Tamay understands the demands of a small business, and it is with that lens that she offers her invaluable services. I know it's all too often that small business owners take on every task and responsibility in the name of saving money. Still, the reality is that an expert can accomplish precisely what is needed while giving us the time to be creative in our business. Be sure to visit the show notes to connect with Tamay and to take a look at that quiz that she has on her site. I'm curious to know what you get. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 